uh, chapter 13. We're going to look at uh, a passage of Scripture there. Uh, but real quick, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, 87 years young. Happy birthday to you. Frank, hey, Frank, you don't look a day over 85, so you're good, you're good. You're very welcome. Happy birthday. All right. The book of Hebrews, the Lord laid this passage on my heart and uh, talks about the sacrifice of praise, and we're going to look at that in just a moment, but uh, as always, I've got a couple of stories I need to share first. Um, Transportation Safety Council suggests that anyone traveling in the current icy condition should make sure they have the following. Shovel, blanket or sleeping bag, extra clothing including hat and gloves, 24 hours worth of food, de-icer, rock salt, flashlight with spare batteries, road flares or reflective triangles, empty gas can, first aid kit, booster cables. Boy, did I feel like an idiot sitting on the bus. Think about it. Just think about it. Keep thinking, keep thinking. Hebrews chapter 13. We're almost there. I just I want to preface this message tonight. It's called The Power of a Sacrifice. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the issue of sacrifice, in particular four characteristics of a sacrifice that are necessary for it to be acceptable and pleasing to God. And also the, the idea of a sacrifice in relationship to the concept of praise. What is a sacrifice of praise? I'm hoping that by the end of our time together tonight, that uh, you and I will both have a better understanding of really what that means. Uh, but first of all, it's the law of the garbage truck. Listen. One day I hopped in a taxi and we took off for the airport. We were driving in the right lane when suddenly a black car jumped out of a parking space right in front of us. My taxi driver slammed on the brakes, skidded, and missed the other car by just inches. The driver of the other car whipped his head around and started yelling at us. My taxi driver just smiled and waved at the guy, and I mean, he was really friendly. So I asked, why did you just do that? This guy almost ruined your car and sent us to the hospital. This is when my taxi driver uh, taught me what I now call the law of the garbage truck. He explained that many people are like garbage trucks. They run around full of garbage, full of frustration, full of anger, full of disappointment. And their garbage piles up, and they need a place to dump it. And sometimes they'll dump it on you. Don't take it personally. Just smile, wave, wish them well, and move on. Don't take their garbage and spread it to other people at work or at home or on the streets. The bottom line is that successful people do not let garbage trucks take over their day. Life's too short to wake up in the morning with regrets. So love the people who treat you right. And pray for the ones who don't. Life is 10% what you make it and 90% how you take it. The law of the garbage truck. Now my prayer is that every time you see a garbage truck from now on, you'll go, oh, yeah, the law of the garbage truck. And as Christians, I think it becomes a challenge for us to live godly lives in an ungodly world. Anybody have any challenges with that? Okay, Jonathan and myself. Well, that's good. It's a start. That's good. 
But this whole idea of the sacrifice of praise, as I, as I began to think about this, it just, it just would not just wouldn't go away. And so I said, all right, Lord, I'll study it on this and we'll, we'll preach this next time we have opportunity. Uh, Hebrews 13, look at verse 15 and 16. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Now, what is it that pleases God? Four things. Number one, a sacrifice must be personal. It has to be personal. I cannot assume on someone else's sacrifice. I cannot, you know, if I see someone worshiping the Lord and having a great time, and I run over there and I, maybe if I stand real close to them, I get some of that. I'll just, you know, I'll just let them worship for me. Or you're thinking, you know what, the worship leader is such a great worship leader. Uh, Jonathan, I'll just, you know, he's doing it. What do I need to get involved with this for? I'll just kind of hang out and, you know, I'll sit back, relax, and, you know, if it gets too loud, I'll plug my ears, and otherwise, you know, I'll just kind of sit back and just, just watch. I'll just watch. Where in Scripture does it tell us to sit and watch other people worship God? Is that in there anywhere? I don't think it is. In fact, I'm pretty much positive it's not there. It says that we are, let us, continually offer this sacrifice of praise. Now, take a look real quickly with me at the book of Romans. There's a passage in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 12. Paul says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, a sacrifice then has to be personal. How many of you believe that God has a personal will for each one of you? You believe that? If that were not the case, then God would not have each one of us stand before him personally and give an account for our lives. Now, some people would say, well, you know, I'm not sure what God's will is for my life. I can tell you what God's will is for your life. To love him and to serve him. God's will for your life is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To pray without ceasing. To in everything give thanks. Let's see, how does that go now? Pray without ceasing and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What's the will of God? See, we get so caught up in trying to figure out what, what is God's perfect will for my life. You know, which job should I do? Well, I've got news for you. Do the job that you like. Okay? Well, what if God, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm, you know, I'm, you know people get so confused. And you know, who, who's the author of confusion? Satan. Satan. He will confuse you to the point where you just decide, you know, well, I, can't, I can't do anything for God because I don't know what God's perfect will is. Don't get hung up in that argument. Don't get caught up in that, 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 that stuff because it doesn't matter. It's not important. If you are serving the Lord, if you know Christ as Savior, if you are worshiping Him, if you are praying, if you are sharing your story, you are in the very center of God's will. 
Can God provide for your financial needs? Sure he can. Will he let you do something that you're gifted and talented at in order to accomplish that? Sure he will. God's not going to come to me in a dream one night and say, Pastor Fred, it's now time for you to join Cirque du Soleil as one of the acrobats. (laughs) And I'm going, that cannot be you, God. (laughs) Oh, yes, it is. Oh, no, it's not. God, have you seen me lately? I could maybe help carry some of the acrobats, but I'm not climbing a rope and killing myself. God's not going to call you to do something completely ridiculous. Why would he do that? You see, God will always show you the right way. This is a paraphrase of the the 23rd Psalm. God God leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now listen to this paraphrase. God will always show you the right way because his reputation is at stake. But you have to ask. You have to be willing to listen and understand that God loves you and, want, and he's interested in a personal connection with you. Get personal with God. Know him personally. Continually offering a sacrifice of praise. A, a sacrifice must be personal. Number two, a, a sacrifice in order for it to be pleasing to God must be Precious. Precious. It can't be just something that you found laying around the house. I remember several years ago when we uh, did those uh, incredible things called rummage sales. And I would, people would call up and say, I've got some stuff I'd like to donate. And I would show up with a truck. And I would fill the truck with their stuff. Rusted, moldy, nasty, filthy, And literally, there were times when I would bring the truck to church, I would back it up to a giant dumpster that I had and just push all of it into the dumpster because it was so nasty. And that was their sacrifice to help us raise money? I mean, how can I sell this stuff? A sacrifice has to be something that is precious. Now, help me. What is the most precious thing that you have? Greg? Your life, yeah, that's precious. What else? Children, okay. Carl? God's love, yeah, that's precious. I'll give you that. Something else. It's more, this, what I'm thinking about, yeah, I love playing this game. What am I thinking? But, um, and I have the right answer and you don't. Uh, no. Um, no, these answers are all good. They're all correct. These are all very precious things. But if uh, something that you can sacrifice, you can't sacrifice God's love. That's a little hard to do. And, you know, we, we've stopped having people come lay their life down and not leave till they died here at the altar. That's just, that was too much cleanup. Um, time, energy, and money. Those are parts, that's part of it. That's all, those are all parts of it. Those are all precious. That's true. Do you know what the most precious thing, all right, Tom. Your mind well, some people have sacrificed that. That's true. Jim. Ah, you're touching on, you're getting close. You're getting warmer. No. Yeah. 
the most precious thing that you have, that God has granted to you, and it came to Adam and Eve, is choice. That is the most precious, most powerful thing that you have, is choice. Why are these people fighting in Libya right now? Because they don't have choice. Why did the Egyptian people rise up and fight and, and, and you know, get, we want, we want uh, uh, Husni Babarak out. Why? Because choice. Because when people smell the freedom of choice, they go crazy. They go wild. Choice. Remember what God told Adam and Eve? You've got the entire garden. Just don't touch that tree. That tree is the tree of the, of the, of the, of knowledge, of the, what was it called? <laughs> the knowledge of good and evil. There we go. Hello. Getting, hello, I'm getting old, that's for sure. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, was there, what, was the fruit magic? No. Do you know what made that tree? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil? The minute they disobeyed God by taking that tree, which God marked, there wasn't any magical about that tree. It was just a tree that God chose. But the moment they chose to disobey God and take of that fruit, it moved them into a different realm. The realm of choice. How many of you have freedom of choice to sin or not to sin? Right? Amen? Now, is there pressure in life to sin? Sure there is. Is there pressure in life not to sin? Yes. Do you see what the sacrifice of praise, the most precious thing that you can bring to God, is your choice. God, I choose to worship you. I choose to extend or expend my time, my energy, and my money for you. I choose to fill my mind with your word. I choose to acknowledge God's love and to live my life according to that. I choose to do things I don't want to do, but I will do them anyway because it's a sacrifice before the Lord. I choose to relinquish my will and give that to God. Isn't that what salvation is? Isn't that exactly what it is? It's coming to a place where I kneel before God and I say, God, I am a sinner. I have ignored you. I have refused to believe in you. I have refused to respect you. I have lived my life as if you didn't exist. And that was stupid. Father, forgive me. Thank you for Jesus Christ. And notice that even Christ himself came to grips with a choice. What did he pray in the garden? If there's any other way, Father, let this cup pass from me. I want you to understand how powerful this issue of choice is. It is the most precious thing that you have and that you possess. And here in America, we take this so for granted because we have the freedom. But uh, talk to the Chinese underground church. Talk to those in, in, uh, in some of the other 
Middle Eastern countries of the world where their freedom of religion is, is just is squelched, it's stepped on, it's not allowed. And to be able to come to a beautiful place of worship like this, to lift your hands if you feel like it, to, to dance if you feel like it, to, to express yourself however you want to, that is such a powerful gift. And it's something that God desires us to return back to him as our sacrifice of praise. It's got to be precious. I can't think of anything more precious. Oh, there are a lot of precious things in the world, like children and so on and so forth, but there's nothing more precious than even a parent choosing to raise that child in the fear and admonition of the Lord. That's the greatest sacrifice you can give to God. It's the greatest thing. It's so precious. Number three, the uh, third thing here is the sacrifice must be presentable. It has to be presentable. Now, what do I mean by that? Turn to Psalm. Turn to the book of Psalms. Psalms 100. I'm going to read two Psalms to you that I, are just amazing. I want you to begin to realize that when we come to church, how many of you are coming to church to be seen by other people? I am. That's the only reason I come. As long as Pastor Daryl and Pastor Merrill see me, I am good. Because the checks will be signed and life will be good. I'm kidding. I'm going to get hit by lightning here in a second. If you're coming just to be seen of, of people, I, I have a feeling that, you know, many, maybe years ago, hopefully not, any, not too much anymore, but years ago people came to church because it was, you know, Social connections, good business connections. It was, you know, showing off your latest suit or the latest dress or your hat or, you know, whatever. Or even to the point of, hey, guys in the parking lot, I just got my brand new car. Come on out to the parking lot after church. You got to see this. That guy came to church to show off his car. But you see, church, why do we do this? Why do we, have you ever thought about that? Why do we do this? It's because it's our opportunity to, do a, to give a public presentation to the Lord. To be identified with, a, with something bigger than ourselves. Because how many of you could probably worship at home? Turn on the radio or television and listen to a, maybe not quite as great a preacher, but a good one. I'm kidding. Lightning is, i got to keep moving. Um, but you see, you could do this on your own. You could do this by yourself. But God desires us to come together as a family, to come together as a group, and to be able to bring a presentation to the Lord. That's why you're here. You're not here just to sit through, you know, to, well, if I endure to the end, I'll succeed. You know, just got to make it through another church service, and hopefully someday this will be over and I won't have to endure this anymore, and I can just go to heaven, and that'll be over with. Boy, have I got news for you. Guess what's going to happen in heaven? Multiplied millions will come together in a presentation before the Lord like you have never experienced. The closest I think I ever got to what I thought was heavenly was I was at a conference one time with probably 20,000 people. And we began to sing worship choruses a cappella. 
I literally thought I, I was God. I thought, okay, now I've been to heaven. The only other thing that came close to that was, I think it was like two, two or three hundred voice choir at the University of Michigan singing the Hallelujah Chorus. And I was sitting in the very center of the upper balcony, like face to face with where the choir was, because they were all up above the orchestra. And it was waves of this amazing music coming over me. It's no wonder God inhabits the praises of his people. He loves the stuff. Because you see, part of our life, I believe this, part of our life, part of our, the image of God that is within us is the desire for praise. How many of you like it when somebody compliments you? Anybody, you're all liars. It is in you as a human, as part of God's image in you, to respond to praise. Right? If someone says, boy, you're looking good tonight, Jonathan. I, you know, his glasses are cool. You're cool. Sweater's cool. You look great, man. Now, what's Jonathan going to respond to me? He's just, you know, <laughs> I can't believe you said that. He goes running out. No. No. His response is going to be, so what do you think? What else do you think? <laughs> yeah, so what else do you think about me? Or, you know, enough about me. What do you think about me? You know. But praise is, is such, it's so powerful. You tell a child that they've done a good job, oh man, they're on their way. But you see, Satan wants to destroy the image of God in us, and he will tell you what an idiot you are, how worthless you are, how nothing you are. He will continually push down. What is he pushing down? You personally know the image of God that is in you. That's what he wants to destroy. And you see, if once we, once we get a hold of this, and we realize that the Holy Spirit's function is to strengthen and build us up, to let us realize who we are in Christ Jesus, it becomes a very powerful thing. So when you come into church, when you walk into church, realize you have come to make a presentation to the Lord. You, have, you are presenting yourself to the Lord. And for some of us that may, you know, hands are up, they may be down here, they may be like this, they may be in your pockets. It doesn't matter. How are you presenting yourself to the Lord? Have you come to make a presentation before the Lord? You know, Heavenly Father, I'm here. I'm here. And I'm so excited to be in your presence. A sacrifice of praise must be presentable. Present it. We were going to read something out of the Psalms, right? Let's do that before I forget. Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. His courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, his love endures forever, his faithfulness continues through all generations. 
And then for those of you that are kind of wondering if there are any limits as far as how you can present praise to the Lord, Psalm 150, very short, says this, Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Next time you're in an airplane, looking out the window, checking out this amazing expanse of of this earth, you know, just put your hands in the air and just go, What a mighty God we serve! What a mighty God! I don't the airplane. I mean, just totally freak everybody out. Be sure you sing that in English, though. Do not do that in a foreign language or you're done. Wouldn't that be amazing? Just look out the window. What a mighty God we serve! He's screaming, people running. What well, isn't that what it says? Didn't I just read that? What did it say? Look at it. Praise him in his mighty heavens. If you're in an airplane, you're up there. You're in there. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with a harp. And the lyre, praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flute. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So where are the limits as to how we can bring a sacrifice of praise? There aren't any. Let your personality get anointed by the Holy Spirit. And then you express your love to the Father. If all of us started dancing like crazy people, somebody would get hurt. You know, why do that? But if someone begins to dance in the Lord, don't sit back and go, Oh, I can't believe you. Man, I'm lying. You're going to get hit by lightning, I'm telling you. They're praising the Lord. And I've been in churches where that's been the case. Someone just took off dancing and loving God and... People just, you know, roll their eyes. Oh, brother, here they go again. Be careful. Be careful. You know, be careful. I'm just telling you to be careful. God thinks that's awesome. My little granddaughters, actually my grandson, little Ashton, about 20 months old, we were... uh, we were, in the, we, we were in the car, and I was getting him ready. We were going to go shopping or something. And some guy, some guy drove by, and his radio was just blasting. You know, <laughs> and Ashton, I'm trying to get him out of the car seat, and he's going, <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> it was, you know, that, that's why God, that's why Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you're never going to see heaven. Become like a little child. And I, my Bella, my other little grand, my little granddaughter. Trouble, ooh, trouble. Yeah, you get you get some crazy music going on. She's just. <laughs> feel free. The Lord said, "Praise Him with dancing. Pray, just praise Him." I, I mean, how, you know, how many times is that word used in this song? It's every every verse. Praise, 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 praise. Continually offer the sacrifice of praise. The final thing, 
is positive. The sacrifice of praise must be positive. You see, when we come to God and we begin to cry and whine and complain, that is not praise. You know, yeah, you know, everybody around you is worshiping and you are just getting angrier and angrier. Well, God, you never do nothing for me. I'm always poor, I'm always sick. Never nothing for me. You're just mean, God. You're just mean. Well, how's that working for you? Is that, is that really setting you free? Is that, I mean, you know, are you feeling better when you get angry with God? No. In the midst of the deepest and darkest situation of your life, if you will praise the Lord, you will confuse the devil and be set free. Begin to praise him for the job that is still, maybe isn't there yet. Begin to praise him and thank him for the provision that you don't see yet. Begin to praise him and thank him for the healing that hasn't come yet. If you will begin to praise God in, as, in a positive mindset, and I'm not talking about po- the power of positive thinking, I'm talking about the power of positive praising, the power of positive sacrifice, things will change. I guarantee it. Isaiah 61. I just want to read this to you as a final passage of Scripture. This is amazing. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. This was quoted by Jesus Christ. Listen to what he said. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. You will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of their shame, my people will receive double portion. And instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. And so they will inherit a double portion in their land, and everlasting joy will be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and iniquity. In my faithfulness, I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. He has clothed me with garments of salvation, arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up, and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. The sacrifice of praise must be positive. It's got to be positive. So uh, 
What's the most precious thing you can offer the Lord? Your choice. Your choice. I close with a story of a young man who I would say exemplifies the most powerful force on the planet. It's the most powerful thing that God has ever brought to the earth. Listen carefully. In 1974, walking home from school the last day before Christmas vacation, I excitedly thought about the upcoming holiday as only 10-year-old boys can dream. A few doors from my home in Coral Gables, Florida, a man came up to me and asked if I would help him with the decorations for a party he was hosting for my father. Thinking he was a friend of my dad's, I agreed to go with him. What I didn't know was that this man held a grudge against my family, and he'd been employed as a nurse for an elderly relative, but had been fired because of his drinking. After I agreed to accompany him, he drove his motor home to an isolated area north of Miami, where he stopped by the side of the road, stabbed me in the chest several times with an ice pick, and then drove west to the Florida Everglades, walked me out among the bushes, shot me, and left me to die. Fortunately, the bullet passed behind my eyes and ex exited my right temple without causing any brain damage. When I regained consciousness six days later, I was unaware that I had been shot. I sat by the side of the road was found by a man who stopped to help me. Two weeks later, I described the person who had assaulted me to the police artist, and my uncle recognized the resulting portrait as the man who attacked me. My assailant was brought in along with other suspects. However, the trauma and stress took its toll. I couldn't identify him. Unfortunately, the police could not obtain any physical evidence to link him to the crime, so he was never charged. The assault left me blind in my left eye, but otherwise uninjured, and with the love and support of my family friends, I went back to school and resumed my life. For the next three years, I lived with tremendous anxiety. Most nights, I woke up frightened, imagining I heard someone coming in the back door, and I'd wind up sleeping at the foot of my parents' bed. Then when I was 13, all that changed. One night during a Bible study with my church youth group, I realized that God's providence and love, having miraculously kept me alive, were the basis for my life security. In his hands, I could live without fear or anger, and so I did. I finished school, earning a bachelor's degree and a master's in divinity. Married my wonderful wife, Leslie. We have two beautiful toddlers, Amanda and Melody. In September of 96, Major Charles Scherer of the Coral Gables Police Department, who had worked on the original investigation of my case, called to tell me that the 77-year-old assailant had finally confessed. Blind from glaucoma and poor health without family or friends, he was in a North Miami Beach nursing home. I visited him there. The first time I went to see him, he apologized for what he had done to me, told him that I had forgiven him. I visited him many times after that, introducing him to my wife and girls, offering hope and some semblance of family in the days before his death. He was always glad when I came by. I believe that our friendship eased his loneliness and was a great relief to him after 22 years of regrets. I know the world might view me as a victim of horrible tragedy, but I consider myself the victim of many miracles. The fact that I'm alive, have no mental deficiencies, defies the odds. I have a loving wife, beautiful family. I've been given as much promise as anybody else and ample opportunities. I've been blessed in a lot of ways, and while many people can't understand how I could forgive him, from my point of view, I couldn't not forgive him. If I'd chosen to hate him all these years or spent my life looking for revenge, I wouldn't be the man I am today, the man my wife and children love. Chris Carrier, the most powerful force on the planet is forgiveness, but it's a choice.
I have to choose. I have to choose to forgive myself. I have to choose to ask God to forgive me. I have to choose to forgive other people. But when you yield that choice to Christ, you will have the same power that he had on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I'm going to ask Jonathan to come. We're going to take just another moment to worship the Lord with an amazing song called Amazing Love. How can it be? And so I'm going to ask you to just take a moment before we close in prayer and share the blessing to let this song just kind of wash over you and realize that you are completely capable of continually offering up the sacrifice of praise. You can do it. You might say, Pastor Fred, how am I going to do that? You just choose. Just choose. Just make a decision and let God minister to you. If he's forgiven you, and he has, then live in the power of that forgiveness. How many of you realize you're going to be in heaven a whole lot longer than you're going to be on this earth? In light of eternity, it's about that long. So why spend all of your time worrying about stuff down here? And I'm talking to myself now. When I need to just continually offer the sacrifice of praise. Make it personal. Realize it's precious. Understand that you're presenting to God the most amazing thing in the world, yourself. And then just be positive. Be positive about it. Love God. Let his amazing love wash over you. Jonathan, let's sing this song. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You are condemned. And I'm alive and well. The Spirit is within me. Father, we can be personal with you. We can be openly, open and honest and, and share with you everything that is on our heart and our mind, our secrets, all the stuff. And Father, as we offer you this sacrifice of praise, Father, thank you that you listen. Thank you, God, that our sacrifice of praise is, is a precious gift because we choose to do it. 
we choose to praise you just as you chose to save us and father our response is just to choose to forgive others as we have been forgiven father thank you god that we can bring to you a sacrifice that is presentable it's alive it's real it's not virtual it's not pretend but it's real we can really lift our hands in the air. We can really shout for joy. We can really sing. We can really allow our lives and our, our physical body to just get involved in praising and worshiping you. And Father, thank you that, God, we can be positive about this. Lord, our lives might be a mess, but, Father, we can still rejoice and praise you in the midst of struggle, in the midst of difficulty. We can rejoice and again rejoice. As Paul told us, even while he was sitting in prison, he said, rejoice, and again I say, rejoice. Thank you, Father, for the amazing gifts that you presented to us. Thank you, Father, for the blessing of your word. And thank you, Father, that because Christ came, we can now live forever. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Would you stand with me tonight as we share with you the blessing of Jonathan? Play that song again as we go. Greet one another in the Lord. You know, be positive with each other. Just praise one another. Encourage one another. Let's do this Christian thing right. Amen? Let's just have fun with it. Praise the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you.